All right, y'all ready? All right. Whew, we're going to preach fast this morning. Y'all ready to go? All right. What gift will you bring? What gift will you bring is our series that we're doing. And um, it's our new series. Last week we talked about, and the idea of this series is there are people in the story that, um, of, of the birth of Jesus that um, there's these, these people that God used in this story to bring something to the story. They brought something. If it wasn't for blah, we wouldn't have this, this amazing account of this of what happened um, in, in, in Israel all those years ago. And so there's people, and they brought different things. And last week, for example, we talked about Mary. And Mary, what we said last week, just go back and listen to it, um, is really, actually, it was really good. If I didn't say so myself, that was a really good message. That was a really good message. But, um, uh, but Mary, we talked about Mary, and Mary gave her yes to God. With all of, the, uh, all of the consequences of that meant, she gave her yes. Let it be according to your word. Yeah, amen. So, um, so that's what we talked about last week. And so I was going to do a, a little bit more review, but if you want to review, go to our website. You can find last week's message, and you can also find the blogs that many of you have written. Uh, the people of the church have written, and you can go in there and find different blogs. A whole bunch of blogs about two blogs about Mary, and we'll be releasing the next one. So, this is the story. So, we talked about Mary, and so this week we are going to talk about Joseph. It's amazing how he just appears. Isn't that amazing? And so, um, so, Joseph, we're actually going to talk about Joseph. Joseph is so underrated. Joseph is like the underrated guy of the whole story. Of this, of, uh, of of the Christmas narrative, and yeah, Mary is she's if we can use modern terminology, Mary's like the queen, right? She's like you know, she's like she's like um, she's like, um, and actually, the angel tells her, "Hey, you're going to be blessed among all women," right? And so, facts: if you're a woman in this place, you go uh, carry the carry the, uh, the the savior of the world in her belly. Win, right? Mary, Mary gets it, right? Mary, Mary gets the win. Maybe of the whole Bible of a human, like Mary gets the win. You carry the promise of the Messiah to the world, amen. And so, um, but Joseph. So there's not a whole lot that from scriptures um, that we can we can glean from the life. There's not like the book of Joseph is not in the Bible, right? And it's not. There's not a whole lot of long narrative about what. What Jesus, what Moses, uh, um, no, what Joseph did in in the in the scriptures. But here's some things that we know. I'm just going to list some things that we know about Joseph. First of all, that Joseph, according to according to Matthew, Joseph um, is in the lineage of David. So he is from the house of David. So um, so actually, so I don't know if there's like pressure. On anybody who was born, can you imagine? Like, you know the Messiah is coming through the lineage of David, and you know that you're of the house of David. You're like, so you're like, um, is it me? You know, so so I don't I don't know if that's like, you know, like not, not a whole lot of pressure. You know, like if you're born in any other tribes of Israel, you're like, ah, well, it's not me. I know it's not me, but then if you're born in the line of David, you're like, huh? Or maybe actually Jessica said we were talking about this, and and um, Jessica said, well, or it could have been. That it's been so long since anybody has heard a word from God, you've kind of just given up, right? You've just kind of given up on the, yeah, there's that promise. That's that old ancient promise of a Messiah coming. And 
and you know, I don't know. Like it didn't happen to my dad. It didn't happen to his dad. It didn't happen to his dad. Not, why would it happen to me, right? So, um, so but what but we do know that um, that that Joseph was in that line of David. We also know that Joseph was referred to as a carpenter. So Joseph was a carpenter, and that car, carpenter, that word carpenter, actually is could be a lot of different things. Um, it can actually encompass like all these different other kind of traits, including like stonemason. Well, that would mess up all of our talks about Jesus and stuff. If you, what if we get to heaven and get Joseph went, you know, all that stuff to talk about the wood and, and the wood and the cross, how ironic and all that stuff. Uh, it was really a stonemason. Like, what would like, that happen? Uh, that'd be funny. Anyway, it's just things that I think about. But anyway, it could be so any kind of um, <laughs> any kind of various skills or in those kind of building. Uh, those kind of things. He was he was, had an occupation of that. We know that um, he was so as Mary is visited by the angel that we talked about last week. That that they are already engaged. That so Joseph is already in, engaged. Um, so meaning in that time it wasn't. Oh, I saw Mary from afar, and I looked at her in her beauty, and I said, I have to have that. I have to make her mine. That was that's not really the Old Testament. That's not really the. Um, but not really the cultural, it was basically, hey, I like your daughter. Can me and you, um, Mary's dad, work out a deal, right? That was kind of more the way it was, right? So romance, the way we know romance, was probably not the narrative and probably not the way it really happened. Amen? We, we understand that? We're okay, okay with that, right? I just, we need to have cultural reference to, to these things, right? So... It doesn't mean he didn't like her, right? It doesn't mean he didn't like her. Um, we'll talk about that in, actually in a minute. But actually, like, like Joseph from uh, Mary and Joseph, his name, like his namesake, Joseph from the Old Testament, he was a dreamer. And God spoke to, we know that God spoke to him at least on three occasions in dreams. God spoke to him, and if you missed the dreams class, I'm really sorry that you did, but it, according to According to scripture, he had three dreams. God visited, or the angel visited Joseph in dreams, or God spoke to Joseph in dreams. The first, the angel visit where he, where um, he, uh, the first visit where he says, hey, it's okay to take Mary as your wife, right? And then we, we, we know that the, when they go, when they're, when they flee into Egypt, because, um, because they're starting to kill all the babies. Wow, aren't you glad? It's crazy. Anyway. But um, they, they leave Egypt, and that was a warning that Joseph received in a dream. And then actually, for, as they were in, um, in Egypt, God speaks to them again. God speaks to Joseph again in a dream and, um, and calls them back to, uh, back to Nazareth, right? So, um, so, so that's really um, a lot of all except the fact that we know um, from Joseph that he probably, uh, they not probably, but they had more children. Jesus wasn't an only child, right? He had brothers and sisters in his family. And uh, so we know that the, he was the father of, of not just Jesus, well, the stepdad of Jesus. He wasn't just the stepdad. He also fathered um, uh, sons and daughters of his, of his own. Um, evidently, what we do know about him, that Joseph was faithful to the Torah. He was a faithful man of God. He was a good man. Joseph was a good man. But you know what else Joseph was? He was just a regular dude. 
was literally just about as regular Jewish good man dude as there was. He wasn't from royalty. He doesn't have, maybe didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a, and what we know from Joseph is he was, he had to work for a living and he was engaged to some girl. That's what we know. It was random, just normal dude, right? Nothing super special about Joseph. Amen? We got it? He's a regular guy, just like some of us in this room. Amen? Just a regular dude. So let's read, let's go to the scriptures. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. We'll start with there. We're going to read the, we always read the Luke account of the birth of Jesus. Matthew, just for the record, um, as you're turning there in your Bible, or flipping it on your phone. Uh, Matthew, uh, the reason why Matthew was written was ra- Matthew was written to show that Jesus was who he said he was. He was a Jewish guy written to Jews about the Jewish people, right? And so he was, um, uh, uh, so and the reason he wrote it, that's why you see a lot of references to Old Old Testament prophecies about Jesus in Matthew, much more than any of the other other four Gospels. You see more accounts of the, because Matthew's purpose of writing was, Jesus is who he said he was. Jesus is the Messiah that was been prophesied from a long time ago. That's actually the reason why Matthew was actually written. So I'll give you some context as we read, starting verse 18. It reads this, Matthew writes this, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. It, uh, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he considered these things, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will name, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this this took place to fulfill what was spoken. Here we go. Here's Matthew reminding us. Took place that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord as the Lord's angel commanded him, and he married. So Joseph, okay, so I want you to remember what we did last week. We did the same thing. I want you to strip off all your religious classes of all the, all the, you know, even the, the little story with a little, little contemplative Joseph sitting at the manger and, um, and all the things that you've ever thought about. And remember, this is not just, this is not, this is not Lord of the Rings. This is not the Hunger Games movie. This is not, this is a real account of actual people. Right? These are actual humans that lived. I was talking to Julie this morning, and I was saying, you know, the important thing about um, uh, about knowing these things is, like, when you think about, like, um, when you think about, like, uh, any movie that you think about, you, and when you watch these movies, these fictional movies, when you watch them, you you see them as um, it, the 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 life, you know, like every story has like a difficulty, right, a challenge. And when that character goes into the challenge, 
or whatever, or like is he, I don't know, this is controversial, but it's the Hunger Games, and you talk about all these children being murdered, like in these fields, in these places, and it's a fictional story, you're like, oh, that's awful. But what if that story was a true story? And there were really children that got murdered in, in these arenas because of the government, and all, all, this, all this other stuff, right? What, what if that was really happening, and that really happened, and that's history? Well, that hits you a lot different, right? It hits you different because it's, that's a true story. Whenever you read true stories, you go, wow, that hits me different because those are real people, right? That's not just a fictional story. So what, what happens when we read our Bible, and I know we wouldn't say it out loud, but what happens as we read our Bible, this is just a character and a story. Now, these aren't just characters. These are people. And like Joseph had a real life. So what is, so Joseph works, has the deal with Mary's dad to get married. Probably, like I said, last week, pays a dowry, the whole thing. And, and, the, old, and the, in the Jewish culture, Joseph would be, at this time, since they were engaged, going to, like Jesus, like, you know, Jesus talks about it, but going to a, prepare a place for Mary. What does that look like? He is preparing a house. He may be building his own house. He's a carpenter. Maybe it made a stone. We don't know. Maybe it made a wood. But <laughs> I'm messing up your whole world. Um, uh, but he's, um, he's building, he probably is building her house. Building her house. Right? And so he's getting everything prepared so that when they get married, he's going to take her. And, and Jewish culture take her. Well, there's so much Jewish culture involved in this. Anyway, that's another teaching. Takes her and takes her into his house that he prepared for her. And Jesus said, I go prepare it. It's the same idea, same concept. But, but Joseph is in the process. They are planning their future. And this is all going to happen. And all of a sudden, their whole world is wrong. Like, if you don't understand, you don't see it in those contexts, right? So, so, um, so, so I've been thinking a lot about this, and here's my theory. Can I just give you my theory? This is me. This is my thoughts. It says that Mary, when she heard that she was pregnant, hurried to go see Elizabeth. It doesn't seem like she waited around. It could be possible and, and let me just say, in that time, it wasn't like uh, Mary and Joseph were going out on dates. Yeah, right? They weren't, they weren't going on dates. They may not have even seen each other. They may not even even hung out together. Right? We okay? Are we all right? It's cultural difference. Um, so they, they may not even talk together. So Mary just up and going to go visit her relative, Elizabeth, down in Ju- the hills of Judea, is not a big deal. It's possible that Mary didn't even tell Joseph before she left. But the Bible says that Mary was down with Elizabeth for three months. <laughs> Things start changing in three months. It's possible that Mary shows up pregnant. Because the scripture just told us that she was found to be with child. <clears throat> Scandal. Mary, uh, this is this is this is not this is what I can gather from what I read from Scripture, right? It's possible that Joseph, she comes back pregnant. They didn't have, they didn't have cell phones. He wasn't sitting in Judea texting him. We need to talk when I get back. Like, no, none of that. Right? 
Yeah, she was, she was super young, right? And so, so Mary goes, and it's possible that she didn't even tell Joseph. Actually, if you think it pulled all together, to me it makes sense. She shows back up in Nazareth, uh, pulls, her, pulls her little tunic like tight, and you go, oh, there's a baby bump. Hmm. Scandal has now rocked. It is headline news in the Nazareth press. Right? It is all over social media in Nazareth that Mary, who is betrothed to Joseph, is now pregnant. And she was away from him for a really long time. Scandal has now hit Nazareth. Culturally, Mary's in trouble. This is not good for Mary to show up pregnant. Actually, the law of the Old Testament would, would say that, that it, it was possible that Mary would actually be stoned to death. Because she was because of the betrayal of her husband, right? We we on the same page. Because this and this is important because I want to get to where I want to get to. Um, so the scandal is huge. It's huge. Actually, um, as I read and I studied, it was probably um, actually not a lot of those executions happened during the Roman Empire because the Roman Empire actually put a kibosh on you Jewish people just going around executing people. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's going to execute people, it's going to be the Roman Empire, bless God, <laughs> or bless Zeus, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's exactly the reason why Jesus was taken to Pilate. Give us permission to execute. Right? So, so, um, so, so process this in your mind. Mary shows back up pregnant. The Bible says that Joseph, knowing that she was pregnant, he was an honorable guy. Now think about this. No vengeance in Joseph. Think about that. This, this woman, this woman who's now showing up pregnant has disgraced me because she's obviously pregnant. Are you following me? Joseph hasn't had the dream yet. This woman has disgraced me. But he decides, I'm not going to, he's a good man. Joseph's a good dude. There's no need to publicly shame her. She's probably already going through it from everybody else all along. So I'm going to go in privately and not publicly make a scene. I'm going to divorce her, but it's going to be, going to be public. But I am going to divorce her. That's Joseph's decision. But then the angel appears to him in a dream, in a dream, not in an open vision, in a dream. He appears to him in a dream and says, hey, don't worry about this. This is from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it probably had to be a dream because Joseph probably would have asked a lot of questions <laughs> about that, Lord. And then watch this. The Bible says that after the dream, we just read it. Mary, I mean, Joseph got up and immediately... Mary, think about this. The shame of Mary, he is now embracing her shame. In an act of love, culturally, doesn't really fit. In an act of obedience to God's word. Take her as your wife. He now, is shame 
along with them. You see, it's not just the story. If we look at it as just a story, it's just, oh, wow, isn't that nice of Joseph? It's huge for Joseph. Mary's already changed. People are already going, by the Holy Spirit? Right. <laughs> we ain't seen you for three months. Right, right. You went to go see Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And then Joseph, Joseph takes on that risk with, with her. Because he says, when Joseph heard the word of God, he woke up and he did as the angel commanded him to be married. That's huge. Scandal. Massive. Huge consequences. To this action. Let's read this in James chapter 2, verse 14. You see, Joseph's faith, what did Joseph bring to the table? His faith. His faith in God's word. Joseph's faith was backed up by what he did. James chapter 2, verse 14. It's a lengthy scripture, but we're going to read it. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, that someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such a faith save him? If a brother and sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what their body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, does not, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, Your faith, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I'll show you uh, faith by my works. You believe that God is one, good, even the demons believe, and they shudder. Senseless person, James, you gotta love him. <laughs> Say it like it is, senseless person. You, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't faith our father justified by the works of offering Isaac his son on the altar? You say that faith was active together with his works, and, work, and by works, faith was made complete. As scripture was fulfilled, Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see, a person is justified by works, not by faith alone. In the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also justified by works in receiving the messengers, sending them out uh, by a different route? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Your faith, and so I'm going to jump into this, I'm skipping down. Um, and because I want to get to these three points. I have said it for years, and I want to talk about it a little bit in, deep, in depth. Your faith, what you believe, should affect you in three areas. Your faith should affect what you think, what you say, and what you do. Your faith, I'll say it again, should affect you in three areas. What you think, what you say, and what you do. Your faith, what James just says, your faith without your works is dead. It means nothing. If your faith doesn't change you and, and, and do and, and change the way you uh, are, then what, what is it? Your faith has to have um, actions to it. So, first of all, your, your faith um, is how you, it will affect what you think. Your faith will process, helps you process the information that's out there. 
It's like a filter, right? You have, how many of you all have your, your refrigerator at your house? You have to change that goofy water filter. It's always a pain and it always pours water all over your floor. Every time you change it, it's like under the, it's always, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And you're, 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 some of you are like, wait, my refrigerator has a filter? <laughs> yes, that's why your water tastes funny. Okay, so, um, but yeah, so, and that filter, what it does is it filters out all the bad stuff. And it puts, it takes on the other side all the good stuff. Your faith should be a filter for what goes in to your mind. Your faith should help you think differently. It should cause you to think differently. Joseph's faith in God caused him to think differently than, than, than actually than what he was thinking even before. Because I was going to divorce him. The word of God coming to Joseph caused him to think differently about Mary. And he had to trust that it was from God. Like I said, it was a dream, people. A dream. How many of y'all had funky dreams? And you wake up and go, hey, God. <laughs> now, this dream was from God, and if you've ever had a dream from God, you know they, they as, as the kids these days say, they hits a little different, right? It hits a little different. It, um, it, 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 um, so that dream, it, it hit him, right? And he knew it was a word from the Lord. Right? So, um, so all of the people around Joseph, watch this, all of the other information that was coming. Can you imagine? Joseph, his, maybe even his dad, people around him pulling Joseph to the side. Hey, before you go through with this, you need to think about this. You, you, she's nuts. Where, where in the Old Testament did any woman, listen, Using scripture, where in this Bible did anybody ever get pregnant? Now, now there were other people. Hannah got pregnant in her old age. Other people got, oh, Sarah got pregnant in her old age. But it wasn't like that. All the words, can you imagine the pressure? But there was something about Joseph's faith that said, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to do it. Whatever God tells me to do, I'm going to say yes to it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to believe the report of what I heard from the Lord against what I hear from other people, what I hear from the enemy. Your faith has to affect how you think, how you think. We as Christians, we don't think like other people think. We, like I love what Brian, one of my favorite statements, um, guy used to lead worship here. There's Brian Jardine, one of my favorite statements that he ever made was he would say this. He'd say, you know what? We already, we believe in crazy things already. You, be, you believe in a virgin birth as a Christian. You believe that there was a guy that was crucified, dead, buried, and rose three days later. You already believe some wild things. Just go ahead and believe all. Come on. Just go ahead and believe. Just go ahead and believe it all. Right? So he gives, he gives Mary... These, um, uh, so he gives Mary the word. He believes the word and gets up and marries him. He believes. He doesn't listen to the voices of the naysayers. He doesn't listen to the voice of the enemy. He trusts in God, and it changed the way he thinks. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean to your own understandings. 
Acknowledge him in all your ways. The enemy will tell you all kind of things, put all kind of things in your head. Don't listen to it. God, your word, God, is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. God, your word causes me to think differently about the way I see life. You're, we are different. Amen? Different. It affects what you think. It also affects how you talk. It also affects how you talk, how you speak. Jerry had to get up. Jerry. That's, oh, you know what? If Mary and Joseph were one of the new couples, that yeah, they would be Jerry. Jerry. Uh, this, I love the story of Jerry in the Bible. Who's Jerry? Joseph had to go to Mary, open his mouth, and tell him that God had changed his mind. He had to go and speak out. Sometimes you need to open your mouth and declare what God has spoken over you. Say what God says. I've said it before. I don't have time to do it. I hate it. But it's going to be all right. Amen? You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with your mouth. No in Jesus' name. That's a great one to start with. No. No. Actually, the thought hits your mind. The thought hits your mind, Joseph, you're being an idiot. You're being an idiot. No. 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 I know what the angel spoke to me. I know what God spoke to me in that dream. You know what? No. Okay, I know what the doctor said. I, I know what the I know what I read on when I Google MD'd it. <laughs> like literally. I have I have like a little pimple. If I Google MD, I may have like a four stage four cancer. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. Literally. You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with your mouth. Right. I am the shield of the Lord. Jesus. Come on. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I know I messed up, but God's word says he forgives me every single time. Every single time. And that my story is not limited on what happened yesterday. It's not limited on what I did just a minute ago. It's, limited. it's dependent on who God is. It changes how you think. It changes how you go. Not to me, you don't devil. That's a t-shirt. Not to me. Your, your mouth should echo the faith that's in your heart. You may be fighting thoughts of insecurity. Open your mouth and declare what God says about you. Declare what God says about you. In the face of whoever is speaking against you. In the face of every lie that the enemy throws at you. In the lie that every... Every demonic thought has in you. You declare, this is, no, this is what God says about me. Remember, Jesus didn't think temptation away when he was tempted. He spoke right. out of his mouth. He spoke scripture. He spoke the word of God. He didn't, he didn't tell, tell you, okay, okay you, see, you have a problem in, in, your, in your way. If you have a problem that's messing with you, I want you to think about that mountain really hard and it's going to move. He didn't say that. He said, you speak to that mountain. Whatever you shall say. How many times does he say, say, 
in Mark chapter, Mark chapter 11. Say to this mountain, you'll have what you say. Amen? I am forgiven. I am in right standing with God. I have the, you have God's anointing on your life. God himself lives in you. That's a big one for me. I always say it. God, the greater one lives in me. The greater one. The greater one. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater. The greater one. The greater one. Say it out of your mouth. Say it out of your mouth. Not wish it to move. Not wish that mountain to move. Not think about that mountain moving. Not visualize it till it happens. No. Out of your mouth. Declare what God says. And the last place it's going to affect you is in what you do. I love it. It seems like Joseph immediately had the dream, woke up, and went right, right to Mary's house. And go, let's go get married. <laughs> I know, it just hit me like before I change my mind. <laughs> before I allow all the enemy words to make me doubt. That's real. That's that is real. The, and the rest of Joseph. Think about this. Joseph didn't really have another supernatural encounter until Jesus was born. And the, they didn't even see it. The angel, the, the shepherds came and told them. Amazing. So that means every day, married to Mary, who's getting more pregnant and more pregnant and more pregnant, wakes up and looks over there and goes, you know, you know, in the mornings, your thoughts? Now, I know how this usually happens. I remember what God said. Today, I remember what God says. Today. Today. I'll let tomorrow deal with tomorrow. Today, I remember what the angel said. I remember what God said. Every day, when he's preparing the house for her, He's getting it all ready. Everything's getting ready. Don't you, don't you know? And actually, don't you know that, that those accusations didn't end at Jesus' birth? Like everything didn't change and magically change at the nativity. Everything didn't change. Like he had to live the rest of his life in faith. In faith. When he would have to teach, like think about this. He'd have to teach Jesus how to do carpentry. And Jesus would sometimes get it wrong. You realize he didn't, like, Jesus didn't pop out of the womb and, like, you know, like, build a cabinet. <laughs> like, no, it's recorded. Like, that's not Jesus. I've lost you for the rest of the thing, haven't I? 100%. It's literally 12 o'clock right now. Joseph had to teach Jesus. He had to teach Jesus. No, that's not how you do it, Jesus. You have to do it like this. Son-ish. Every day. And then Moses, and then Moses, then Joseph speaks to, God speaks to Joseph again. Leave and go to Egypt. 
we'll talk about it later. But thank God, probably Joseph's mind going, thank God those, those magi showed up. Because now we got some stuff. We can afford this trip. Do you believe? You have to determine that what God says is true. You have to determine, and, you have, and, you, and it'll affect what you think, what you say, what you do. The, the scripture says that God is my abundant supplier. Think it, say it, and act like it. You are not a miser. God, the Bible said that God gives you an abundance towards every good work, not just barely enough. Listen, we're called to be generous. Poverty is not a blessing. I will not lack. What's out of your mouth? I will not lack because God abundantly supplies for me. So I can be generous. I believe that I'm supposed to give honor to my spouse even when I don't want to. My faith determines how I act. 1202. And you're still here. What I believe about God causes me to act differently. On my job, the scripture says, I work, work in your life, work as unto the Lord, not just as to be man pleasing, but work as unto the Lord. That changes how you act in your workplace. It, it changes how you treat your children. Husbands, I mean, fathers, like Scripture says, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Love your children. Honor your children. And correct your children. And discipline your children. Because you're a good parent. Amen? Why? Because I'm a believer. No matter what the world says about how I should do my parenting, I know what God says about how to do my parenting, that I discipline and love, and I, do, I show correction and kindness and good and love to my, my children. No, I love them more than I'm mad at them for their bad behavior. Amen? Trust God with the details. There's no depression. There's no mental... Anxiety? What do you, if mental anxiety and depression, what does the scripture say? I put on the garment of praise instead of the spirit of the, bur of the heavy burden of a failing spirit of depression. I am called an oak of righteousness. I am strong. I stand firm in the storms of life. I shall not let anxiety rule me. That means I get up. And I go to that goofy Christmas party whether I want to or not. And even in my anxiety, even in my, I'm not going to hide away in my home, in my depression. I get up by faith because of God, who God says I am. And I know God's grace is there for me as I process and as he heals my anxiety and depression. Amen. I'm a fighter because the God of war lives on the inside of me. 
I am not great because of me. I'm great because my God lives in me. I am not strong because of my own mental tenacity. I'm strong because the greater one lives in me. I don't overcome by my own power. I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony about God. If God be for me, who can be against me? Like, I don't give a rip. Why? Because God is with me. Church, we are people of faith with a God who passionately loves you. And he loves you so much that he sent Jesus to fix all the things that separated you from him. So that not only will he be near you, but he would come and live inside you. And you've been given the power of the Holy Spirit inside you to do the work that God called you to do. If you know the promises of God and what God has done for you, it should affect, it should make us live differently. It made Joseph live against culture differently. Even against Jewish culture differently. It caused Joseph to talk differently. It caused Joseph to act differently. It caused Joseph to treat Mary with love and kindness and goodness. When he could have just went, yeah, right, Mary. But I know. Paul said like this, I know in whom I believe. I know. I know. I don't know about you, what I want you to get this morning, I want you to run out of here. Walk out into this world and go, hey, the news is so terrible. Yeah, it's bad. Because that all of a sudden the greater one in you left, I guess. You are called the light of the world. People should wonder how are they, like, their family is really amazing. Like the way he, I, I watched, you know, I watched, I watched David the other day and he apologized to his kid. Because he, he, he disciplined him in a wrong way. I, 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 watched, I watched the way that they treated their blah, blah, blah. Your employer. I watched the way that they honor me. And, and I know I'm a jerk sometimes, but I, I, they honor me. We're called to live different. And what you believe should affect, say it with me, what you think, what you say, and what you do. Say it again. Your, your, your faith will, will change what you think, what you say, and what you do. Let's all stand together. The greater one's in me. I have the faith of Joseph. What I affect, what I, what I believe changes me. Amen? Amen. Close your eyes with me for a moment. Just in the, like I said before, and you close your eyes, not because it's so that you can just not be distracted, right? It's you and him. God, give us the faith like Joseph. Give us the faith to not believe the reports of other people. God, give us the faith not to believe the reports of our own thinking. God, give us the faith to believe beyond Hallelujah.
Jesus' name. Jesus. Listen, if you raised your hand earlier tonight, tonight, this morning, if you raised your hand uh, when Jessica was up here, and you're saying you're just battling it, first of all, it's not your battle. It's not your battle. What has God called you to do? Probably walk in love with the per- if, it's a, if it's a people issue. Probably walk in love. Maybe some forgiveness. You have to forgive. But I'd be willing to bet that the number one thing God is asking you to do is pray. And what are you doing? You're bowing your knee, saying, God, I can't, but you can And the stress of that situation is not your burden. It's your burden in prayer. Hmm. I'm just going to be led by the Spirit here. Um, Listen, guys, not just guys, all of us, guys. Many of us have the fix-it mentality. I need to fix it. I know that one well, because that's one of the things I battle. I want to fix it. I want to fix it. I want to fix it. What I feel like God's calling some of you is to release that, fix it to God. I release that to you, though. Some, mm, if you need to leave, you can just leave, but I'm just going to follow. If, Sometimes fix it, you start controlling. It's the spirit of control. This is what I'm just picking up, even as we're talking. It leads to control. And then it leads you manipulating situations. Because you want to fix it. Release that to God. Because what I hear God say is sometimes you get in the way of what God wants to do. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you. Just release it to God. I release that worry, that concern, again, to God. And some of you just need to say, I receive your forgiveness for the wrong I've done. And I choose to believe by your word that I stand today as though sin never existed. Because that's how great the forgiveness of God is. That even even though you don't live a perfect life, you can still approach the throne of grace because of the blood of Jesus. Remember, the blood that we said earlier doesn't speak of vengeance. God is not waiting to get you. He's waiting for you to ask Him for forgiveness. He's waiting for you to approach Him again. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. By faith. In Jesus' name. So God, I pray blessings over this congregation. God, I love this congregation. 
Father, I pray, God, you would bless them. God, would you give them the spirit of revelation and, of, and the knowledge of you. God, that they would know the hope of their calling in you. Not just calling into ministry, but the calling of what you've called them to do and be here on this planet. As a father, as a mother, as a student, as a friend. May they know the hope of their calling. And may they be fully convinced of who they are in you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.